1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I'm taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen may be seated. And if you would, as you're being seated, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. Yesterday, Jessica had events with the kids. Samuel had t-ball. Then she had birthday parties. And I was with Sophie at a track meet. I know many of you were busy with family events and kids events and sporting events. So uh, just nudge your neighbor a little bit and say, smile and say, say, wake up. Tell your other neighbor, say, wake up. Now, there was a point yesterday in the afternoon, it was getting hot, and thankfully, my in-laws had brought folding chairs, and I was sitting in the chair and watching, and I fell asleep at some point, and my, my father-in-law said it looked like weekend at Bernie's, and I was just hoping nobody from church or St. Paul's took a picture of me that's going to end up here online sometime this week, amen? But beautiful weather, and we're blessed, and God is doing great things. This past week, a lady in the church reminded me of a confession we shared in 2019. Why don't you say this? Say, my Heavenly Father loves me. Say, He is with me. Say, He is for me. Say, He is blessing me. Say, He is increasing me. Amen. He loves you. He's with you. He's for you. And He wants to do good in your life. And part of walking in his blessing is learning how to be a better steward of what God has already blessed you with. Our launching scriptures have been Matthew 6 and verse 21, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And also Matthew 6, 33, the King James, Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. What things? The things that people in the world, they spend all their time chasing after seeking to get, putting ahead of God, putting ahead of people, putting ahead of family, putting ahead of children. And Jesus didn't say that if we live for him and follow him, we would do without. He said, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all these things. These things shall be added unto you as well. So we're dealing with stewardship. And last Sunday and today, we're in Matthew chapter 25 on the parable of the talents. And all the parables are important, but the parable of the talents is especially important. Matthew 25, beginning in verse 15. To the one, the master gave five talents of money. To another, two talents. To another, one talent, each according to his ability. We learned last Sunday that it's from this parable we get the concept of a talent being a gift, an ability, a talent given to us by God for the purpose of our lives, to do what God has called us to do, to do what God has predestined us to do, to, what, to do what God has planned for us to do. But we see, we saw last Sunday that in the parable, the talent was a unit, a measurement of money. And so we saw last Sunday that we could also speak of what God entrusts to us over the entirety of our lives. You know, this year you'll make what you make, a certain amount of money will cross your hands. 
and that's the amount it is. But think about what will cross your hands over the course, over the duration of the entirety of your life. Well, that's a significant amount. And the issue is, how are we handling what God has already blessed us with? How are we stewarding what God has blessed us with? God gives us gifts. He gives us talents. He gives us resources according to our ability. And there, there's no point complaining about it. But as we saw when we concluded last Sunday, you can grow your ability. You can improve your ability. You can increase your ability. You can double what God entrusts you with through hard work, through faithfulness, through good stewardship. You can also outperform. If you'll just be faithful, if you'll just be consistent, if you'll just have a good attitude, over time, you'll outperform people who have greater gifts, greater talents, and greater abilities. I don't follow sports that closely. But I know during the last NFL season, there was a, a player who had a bad attitude on the field and took his shirt off, behaved inappropriately. Well, the team cut him. Done. Finished. And there, there are probably guys that, you know, they're working on the team just to start. Or they're working hard. Maybe they, they were on the professional team. Maybe they got sent down to the minors. And, and they're just working hard to uh, move up to the next level, or to have the opportunity to be second string, or to have the opportunity, maybe, maybe for instance, if they're playing the Cowboys, they'll get a starting opportunity, whatever it is. Over time, through hard work, through faithfulness, through consistency, with a good attitude, you can outperform people with greater gifts, greater talents, and greater abilities. And what does it take? It takes hard work. And I know that's not popular in 2022, but it's what's right. It is what works. Hard work, good stewardship, faithfulness, moral and ethical behavior. You know, someone might be taking shortcuts. Someone might be cutting corners. They're going to be found out eventually. Jesus said that everything that is in darkness will eventually be brought into the light. So how can you pull ahead over time? How can you grow? How can you increase? How can you double what God entrusts you with? Moral and ethical behavior. You know, it's a sad thing, but again in the news, there are news stories about one of the biggest Christian organizations in the world. And there seemed to be all this success, but now it's falling apart because there was a lack of moral and ethical behavior. And when people got off, they weren't corrected. And so it just led to more and more trouble. So over time, by doing what's right, even when no one else is doing what's right, you can live a life that God can bless. So you can pull ahead through moral and ethical behavior, through reading, learning, growing, self-evaluation. I didn't bring the statistic, but it, it's sad how many Americans never read another book after high school. And I understand, in, in high school, in school, we all had classes we didn't like. We all had to read books we, we didn't like. But now there are all these resources available to you. A man in the church told me that one way he reads books and his field and what he does for a living and, and just books to learn about, you know, important things in life, he, he uses Audible. He, he listens to books. And he even listens to them at one and a quarter speed or one and a half speed, and that might be too fast for you or me, but, but he even speeds it up so he can intake and ingest the information that much quicker. So you don't necessarily have to, to read a book, but you can listen to it. You can watch a video. You can watch a training video. You can grow. You can improve. You can learn and self-evaluation. Matthew 25, verse 16, the man who had received the five talents, he went at once and put his money to work and he gained five more. So he doubled what the master entrusted to him. So also the one with two talents gained two more. So the man with five talents and the man with two talents, they each doubled God's investment. And what did Jesus tell them? Look at verse 21. It's also in verse 23. Verse 21, well done, good and faithful servant, 
you have been faithful with a few things, I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. So who does God call good? Who does he call faithful? Who does he say, I'm going to put you in charge of many things? The good steward, the faithful man who produces a return on God's investment. But what did the man with one talent do? Look at verse 18. The man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and he hid his master's money. And remember I pointed out last Sunday that it's the master's money. The money, the talent, the gift, the talent, the ability, it's clear. It belongs to the master. And this is a parable about Father God. It belongs to Father God. Everything that passes through our hands, ultimately, it belongs to God. And every gift, every talent, every ability, every gifting, it comes from Father God. So we ought to live accordingly. But this one talent man, he hid his master's money. He took God's gift, God's talent, God's ability. He dug a hole. He threw it in the ground. And then he went on his way living a selfish life. He hid his master's money. He did nothing with his life. He had nothing to show for his life. He produced nothing. He gave the master zero return on his investment. And yet we see that he was critical of his master. He bad-mouthed him. He had the attitude, I can't, I won't, I couldn't. He had the attitude, it's your fault. And he blamed the master. Now look at verse 26 to see how Father God, how Jesus, how the master responded. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. Why don't we all say, say, say wicked. See, we live in a time where, and the Bible is clear in this. The Bible says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And we live in a time where people don't want to call sin, sin. And we, we live in a time where someone can come before Congress and get asked to define an easy term. They can't define an easy term. And that's not who we're to be as the people of God. We're, we're to speak truth. And we speak the truth in love, but we are to speak truth. So he called him wicked, called him lazy. Why don't we say it again? Say, say wicked. Say, say, say lazy. And one of our children, we've been working on attitude and looks. I didn't say anything, no, but you gave me a look. I saw it. You got to call sin, sin. You got to call lazy, lazy. You got to call wicked, wicked. You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew, I harvest where I've not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit. So he, he says, you should have done the bare minimum. You should have put forth the least little bit of effort, which would have been this. You should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. And that would be the bare minimum. You know, it's just inexcusable what our nation's leaders have done, not just in recent times, but over many decades. High inflation, and of course, you go to the bank, you open up an account for yourself or for a child, put money in. Even if you put a lot of money in, the, the level of interest you get is sad. It is pitiful. It is nothing to get excited about. But think about that. Jesus is saying the least you should have done was put this talent on deposit so that it would have earned interest. And how much effort does that take to go to the bank, to open an account, to put the money in the account, put it on deposit, to leave it alone, to let it grow? The least you should have done is put this money on deposit so it would have earned interest. Verse 28, now how does the kingdom of God handle this? How does Father God handle this? How does Jesus handle this? Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the 10 talents. Now in the time, the culture we live in, the day and age in which we live, as a child of God, as a son of God, a daughter of God, as someone who is born again, just got to get your mind around this. The kingdom of heaven is not like the world, and the world is not like the kingdom of heaven. And out there in the world, there, there is an attitude, and it is growing more and more popular. 
that what ought to happen is the man that has 10 talents has too much. And his talents should be taken and cut in half for more than that and ought to be redistributed. But notice that's not how the kingdom of God works. So what is the penalty for the one talent man? Verse 28, take the talent from him and give it to the one who has how many talents? The 10. Take the talent from the one talent man and give it to the man who has the 10 talents. For everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. And remember at the very beginning of the parable, Jesus said, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Austin, what is the kingdom of heaven like? We have the answer. Verse 29, everyone who has, everyone who has demonstrated them to be a good steward and faithful with what they have, everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. You see, when you have someone, and year after year after year, there's no progress in any area of life. You have someone, and year after year after year, they don't have any more savings. They haven't made any more progress. They're stalled out. There's a stewardship problem. There's a faithfulness problem. There's a lack of excellence problem. Jesus said, whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. Now, that's, that, that's bad. That's a bummer. But the penalty doesn't stop there. Verse 30, and throw that worthless servant outside. What did, what did Jesus call him? Worthless. Wicked, lazy, worthless. And see, parents, that's why when, you know, you have a daughter that's older, she brings home a young man that's not fit, not qualified, you just have to be willing to call it like it is. What did Jesus call the one-talent man? Wicked, lazy, worthless. And what did he say needed to happen? Verse 30, throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, of course, that's not heaven. Jesus is referring to hell. Throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You read on to Revelation at the end of Revelation. That's what Jesus says about the city of God. Outside will be those not fit, not qualified, not worthy of the city of God. Throw that worthless servant outside. So who does God call wicked and lazy? The man who hides the master's money. The man who does nothing. He produces nothing. He earns nothing. He gives God zero return on his investment. And the wicked, lazy servant did not even do the bare minimum, which is earn interest at a bank. And sadly, there are people, and they do nothing with the gifts, the talents, the abilities that God gives them. They, they waste their lives. And then there are others, and it's all about them. There are others, and they keep everything for themselves. They live selfish lives. And instead of using their gifts or talents, for the kingdom of God, or to be a blessing. They use their gifts, their talents, their abilities, the money that crosses their hands, they use it only for themselves. Or they use their gifts or talents selfishly. Or they even prostitute or compromise their, their giftings, their talents, their abilities. And this is why in Matthew 6, Jesus told us to not live like the world, chasing things first instead of putting God first. Matthew 6, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be given to you as well. We have a higher calling once we become a part of the family of God. Once we become a part of the family of God, we're to live by a higher standard. We're no longer to live like the world and talk like the world and act like the world and, and do what the world does. And the world may say certain things are okay or acceptable, but that doesn't mean it's acceptable in the family of God. This is why Jesus said in Matthew 16, beginning in verse 24, if anyone would come after me, 
He must deny himself. Say, say deny. deny. Say denial. Deny. And I know the, these are not popular words. But to live for God, there are some things you have to give up. Paul in his epistles talks about putting off the old man or woman, counting the old man or woman as dead. He talks about in his epistles, that is what you were. Let him who stole steal no longer. That is what you were. But now we're a part of the family of God. Now we're new creations in Christ and we're to live accordingly. See, there, there's a lie out there in Christian culture in America today that you can come to Christ and you can just keep living any way you want to. And because of grace, you're covered and you're going to make it to heaven someday. That is a lie. And that, that lie has so consumed the lives of God's people out there in American church culture, there are now people and they say, well, I'm this kind of Christian. And they attach their sexual sin to it. Or I'm that kind of Christian. And they attach another sexual sin to it. But that's, that's ludicrous. That would be like saying you're a lying Christian. Or you're a stealing Christian. Or you're a murdering Christian. Paul says that is what you were. Meaning now we're new creations in Christ. So the Christian life includes giving up some things. Denying ourselves of some things. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. Say, I must deny myself. You don't have the Christian life without denial. You don't have the Christian life without giving up the things of the world. You don't have the Christian life without, as John says, giving up darkness and walking in the light. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And Jesus bore the cross, so in each of our lives, what is the cross that he has for us? It's to live the life that he called us to live, which is more important than anything else. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul. For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. And, and look at that in your Bible, verse 27, according to what he has done. See, there's a lie out there that it doesn't matter what we say, it doesn't matter what we do. Well, if that were the case, why would Jesus say that we will be, recording to, we will be rewarded according to what we have done? It does matter what we do. It does matter what we say. It does matter how we live. It does matter what we do with the gifts, the talents, the abilities that God has given us. And if you'll put the Lord first, if you'll put the kingdom of God first, you'll have the desires of your heart. That's the first principle of prosperity we learned about in 2018. There are two messages by pastor on the app about that. As Jesus said in Matthew 6, if we'll seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, see, righteousness is a part of it, then all these things shall be added unto us. But if you put yourself first or the things of this world, you will forfeit. You will lose your very soul. You will lose your very life. And at the end of the day, you'll have nothing. And you could very well end up in hell for all of eternity. And sadly, some people, they use their gifts, their talents, their abilities for the world or for themselves and not the kingdom of God. And, and there are countless stories. I'm just going to reference a few. Elvis Presley grew up in church, but he sold his gift to the world. He had lived for God and put God first, not himself, not the things of this world. He would have lived a long and blessed life he would probably still be alive today in Memphis or in Vegas singing and a bunch of old ladies would be coming to pay a lot of money to hear him sing. He died at the age of 42. Around his neck, he wore three necklaces, a star of David, a cross, a crescent moon. He said that he didn't want to miss heaven on a technicality. He died in a bathroom overdosed on prescription drugs. 
That's not the way to go. Being found in some undignified position, dying by a toilet, that's not the way to go. But think of it, all that gifting, all that talent, all that ability, and think of the wreckage in his family. Think of the wreckage in his daughter's life because her father hasn't been there. This life is not just about us. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about your family. It's about your children. Katy Perry grew up in church. She grew up in a full gospel home. Her parents are ministers, but she is lost. She's lost to the world. Whitney Houston grew up in church, but she sold out her gift to the world. If she had lived for God and put God first, she and her daughter would still be alive today. And one of Jessica's favorite Christmas albums is the, the, the soundtrack from The Preacher's Wife. And every year we got to watch that movie. It's a good movie. I'm not complaining. And we, we listen to the music. But she grew up in church singing church music. And think about it. She could still be alive today, singing today. When you waste your life, you aren't just wasting your life. You're wasting the gifts, the talents, the abilities God gave you. Your life is not your own. Your gifts, your talents, your abilities are not your own to waste or to consume only upon yourself. And there's coming a day when we'll each have to answer to God for what we did with our lives. Jesus said, Matthew 16, 25, whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? What can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and he will reward each person according to what he has done. So how are you handling the resources God has blessed you with? How do you treat the husband or wife God has blessed you with? You know, there's a saying in the world about the grass being greener, and it's not greener on the other side. You, you got to give up all those wrong thoughts. Got to give up all those wrong temptations or illusions. How are you handling what and who God has already blessed you with? How are you handling, how are you treating the husband or wife God has blessed you with? How do you treat your children? How are you raising them? What return are you giving God on his investment of blessing you with children to raise and to steward? And as my father said at 9 a.m. in this crazy world, our job is not only to provide for them, our job is to protect them. Children, unless there's wickedness in the home, they don't learn evil, wicked things at home. So we have to protect them. And it's just horrifying how quickly things in our culture have become so evil. And the current administration has announced that there, there are four children being given puberty blockers without their parents' consent. And there are four, all of these activities going on without their parents' consent. Even surgery. These are life-changing decisions. Children's lives wrecked and ruined a nurse in a school district up north just lost her job because she spoke openly of how many children in that school district are currently going through all these things without their parents' consent or their parents' knowledge. And how will the, these children turn out as adults? And this reveals the lie too many people in our culture have accepted over the last 10 years or 15 years. And that's why I say Katy Perry's lost. Because they're not born that way. They have to be turned into something confused by a confused adult. So in these days, we have to do everything we can to provide for our children and to protect our children. And that might mean you don't allow them to hang out with certain people. That might mean you have to change schools. That might mean that, you know, you do things the old-fashioned way. That might mean you have to cancel certain services. 
That might mean that even though they, they know kids that have seen a certain show or a certain movie, you say no. Jessica and I saw a movie recently, and, and I, I was horrified by the number of children in the theater. And not just elementary age children, five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds. What is wrong with people? No wonder we have such a violent generation. No wonder we have such a rebellious generation. No wonder we have such a wicked and immoral generation. And there are people that they're unable to have children. So yes, if you have children, God expects you to do a good job. God expects you to raise them to serve the Lord. And parents, be mindful of this. And young people watching or listening now or later, when you're dating, find out who they are. And my father has always said, date someone long enough to get to know them and how they act in every situation. Find out, you know, they, they serve the Lord. Do they live for God? Are they of like mind and like faith? Find out if they're selfish. Find out if they're generous. Find out if they love God and God's word and God's house. Find out if they, they want to have children, if they want to have a family someday. It's amazing to me the number of situations in which people head in, they don't evaluate any of that, they don't find out any of that, then 10 years later, it's a surprise. You gotta do your due diligence. And parents, you're to help in guiding them to do that. And you gotta be willing to call things what they are. If a young man shows up and he's unproductive, he's unproductive and worthless. Daughter, find someone else. That's quiet, but these are hard, sobering things from the Word of God. But they have everything to do with the outcome of our lives and the outcome of our children's lives. And it has everything to do with our reward in eternity. God is watching and evaluating everything. How do we handle money? If you want to make more money, how are you handling the money and the level of income that God has already blessed you with? Are you tithing? Are you saving? Are you investing? Are you multiplying what God has already given you? Are you a blessing to your family? Are you generous? Are you a blessing to the poor and those in need? Or do you mishandle what God has already blessed you with? How do you take care of the property that God has already blessed you with? Is your car clean? Is it maintained? You might say, Austin, I don't have my dream car. I don't care how it looks. It is stewardship. We are to be good stewards of everything that God has blessed us with. So is it clean? Is it maintained? Do you have good tires on that are safe for you or safe for your wife or safe for your family to be in? The tires should not be balding. You shouldn't have duct tape where the bumper used to be from insurance money you collected five years ago. See, this is character. This is the heart. But our Heavenly Father can't bless bad stewardship. So it may not be the desire of your heart. And the paint may be peeling off. It may, during the right time of day, it may look like it's got different colors going on. Wash it, wax it, maintain it, and show God you're a good steward while you're believing for something newer and nicer and better. Say, how are you taking care of what God has already blessed you with? What about where you live? Do you take care of your apartment or home? Is the grass mowed? Are the weeds pulled? Is basic maintenance being done? Or do you put Band-Aids and duct tape on everything? Once Jessica and I got invited to an event, and this was at the home of someone that they had just been difficult. You know, some people, God bless them, they're just difficult. You know, Paul talked about the thorn in the flesh, and I, I know we have some denominational brothers and sisters that always love to say, well, that was a sickness, but the word in the Greek is messenger. He's not referring to an angel, so he's talking about people and people problems and difficult people, pain in the backside. <laughs> thorn in the flesh. So years ago, there was some, they're just being difficult, complaining about this, criticizing this or that. Didn't like, you know, she even complained about, she didn't like the song. She wanted to, I guess she wanted to pick the songs every week herself. This, that, 
But Jessica and I got invited to an event at their home. We went. But I was horrified when we got there. Now, you would think if you know people are coming, you might put your best foot forward. If you know people are coming, you might mow the grass. The grass hadn't been mowed this high. There were weeds that looked like they could be little trees, hard to tell. Went inside, hadn't been cleaned recently. And listen, I know, we, we have five children. And we, we've got a four-year-old, and we've, Emily's not quite two. And I know Jessica's busy, and there, there's a lot going on. So, so man, you just got to pony up and pay for what needs to be done. Your wife cannot do it all. So you got to have someone come clean. Got to have it done. Jessica told me about something where a whole bunch of women show up, and they, they organize stuff. And I, I wasn't sold at first, but I do have to say I'm totally impressed. <laughs> but they don't do it for free. We walked into this home, hadn't been clean. You know, are those this year's Cheerios or last year's Cheerios? And Jessica will tell you. You know, the kids will get up from eating. You know, Julie, the four-year-old, she kind of just walks by the wall and, you know, slides her. Get your hands off the wall, please. Don't touch anything until you wash your hands. But Jessica will tell you, again, it's just the way my parents raised me. If I see something on the wall, I'm not waiting until next tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. I, I go get paper towel, a little water, whatever I need, and I, I'm working on it. See, that's how you keep things nice looking. You don't put off until tomorrow, which you can do today. You know, there was that song in the 80s, part of the lyrics, Top Gun, Danger Zone. Well, is that how your house looks? And I understand if you just had a five-year-old birthday party yesterday, it may look like the danger zone. But it ought to get cleaned up at some point. It got to get picked up at some point. It ought to get organized at some point. How can God bless you with newer? How can God bless you with nicer? How can God bless you with better if you don't take care of what he has already blessed you with? You might be believing God for new clothes. Well, do you take care of the clothes that God has blessed you with? Do you clean them? Do you iron them? Do you take good care of them before they're worn out and there's holes? Do you give them away to be a blessing? Now, I know anytime we talk about garage sales, it gets very, very, very quiet. There's something really wrong going on in our culture and society that on every major highway, there are these giant storage places. And they're building new ones everywhere. And I understand that when someone moves or someone relocates, they might need to store something. But what an indictment of American culture and American society that we, we got to store all this stuff. Can't we give it away? Can't we be a blessing? Do we really need all of that old stuff? Why not give it away? Why not be a blessing? What, what, what's the point of dragging it all out in the yard, sitting there in the Texas heat all day long to try and make $25? and haggling with people. Why not just give it away? Why not just be a blessing? And see, you gotta clear out the old to make room for the new. There has to be a need for God to fill. So maybe go through the closet, maybe go through the shoes, maybe go through this or that and be a blessing. Give it away, give God room to bless you. If you want more, you must be faithful with the little God has already blessed you with. Being faithful with little qualifies you for more. Being trustworthy with little qualifies you for more. Being a good steward with little qualifies you for more. That's why Jesus said, Matthew 25, 29, everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. So don't waste your life. Don't waste the gifts, the talents, the abilities that God has blessed you with. Develop your gifts and your talents and your abilities. Grow your gifts, your talents, and your abilities. Improve and increase your gifts and talents and abilities. Be great at what you can do. Be great at what God has gifted you to do. Be who God has called you to be. And that's why we all have to be careful with social media. 
somebody that has more, somebody that's more successful, somebody that's more polished, more gifted, more talented. You focus on you. You be who God has called you to be. You be great at what you do. You improve what you do. I would rather be good or great with the gifts and abilities God has given me than mediocre with gifts and abilities God has not given me. I would rather be good or great at one thing than mediocre at many things. So you don't have someone else's talents or abilities. There's no point complaining. There's no point being upset or bitter. And parents, this goes back to children. And I know we're faith people. You can do anything you set your mind to. But we ought not fill our children with false illusions, false hopes. I've known a lot of kids. I haven't known very many to go on to professional sports. And it's not that there can't be a kid gifted or talented enough to someday play professional sports. But it's amazing how people will put that ahead of school. They'll put that ahead of education. They'll put sports ahead of church. Well, I, I know he's not very tall, but I, I believe he's going to play in the NBA. I love you. You know, we tell our children they can do whatever they set their minds to, but I'm a parent. I see they're better at some things than others. And I realize the value of them being involved in sports, so we encourage them to try things out, to participate. But it's sad how often parents will put sports ahead of everything else, even ahead of church and God. And they'll put their kids in a wrong school environment under the lie, the illusion that there they might play professional sports someday. Some people waste their lives trying to develop gifts or talents or abilities they don't have. Some people waste their lives wishing they had the gifts, the talents, the abilities of other people. Stop talking about what you don't have. Stop talking about the talents you don't have. Stop talking about the gifts you don't have or the abilities you don't have. What gifts and talents and abilities has God blessed you with? You only have one life. There's only one you, so don't waste your life. Be who God has called you to be. There's only one you, so you do what God has called you to do. Is life only about you, or do you care about God? Do you care about the kingdom of God? Do you care about your family and children? Do you care about others? I won't have to answer for someone else's life, but I will have to answer for my life and for what I did with my life and the gifts, the talents, the abilities God gave me. And that's why Jesus said, Matthew 16, 25, whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses life for me will find it. So our lives are not our own. So you have to live accordingly. Our lives are a seed. We give our lives for God. We give our lives for the kingdom of God. We give our lives for our families. We give our lives for others. Our lives are but a seed. So we're to give it, we're to sow it. You're to give your life for the kingdom of God, for your family and for others. Our lives are but seeds to sow. So lay down your life. Give of your life and you will find life, true life, eternal life. If you want God to trust you with more, in any area of life, you've got to be faithful. You've got to be a good steward with what he has already blessed you with. So what are you doing with the gifts, the talents, the abilities that God has given you? Don't waste your life. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 25, 28 through 30, take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. For everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. Say, say an abundance. And that, that's the good news. If we'll be good stewards, if we'll be faithful, if we'll do what's right, if we'll do what God has called us to do, we will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So don't waste your life. Soon there's coming a day when each of us, every believer, will stand before Jesus Christ at his judgment seat and will each give an account for what we did with our lives, for what we did with the gifts, 
the talents, the abilities that God gave us. We'll have to answer for what we did with the money that he entrusted to us. We'll have to answer for what we did with our lives, what we did with our career, what we did in parenting and child raising. We'll have to answer for our lives. We'll have to answer for the return we gave God on his investment. And what should our goal be? It should be to hear Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. We have one life to live, so don't waste your life. Don't waste your gifts, your talents, your abilities. We are all differently and uniquely gifted of God. So we have to live accordingly because there's coming a day when we'll stand before him and we'll have to answer for what we did with our lives. Please bow your heads. You might be here today and you've heard me speak of us laying down our lives. The first biblical fact that is so important for you to know is that Jesus gave his life for you. And that's how we become a part of the family of God. Jesus gave his life for each of us. He paid the price so that we could be forgiven of our sins, so that we could be a part of the family of God. He paid the price. You might be here today, perhaps you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Bible is clear. There is a heaven to be gained, but there is a hell that is to be avoided. Jesus spoke of that place in Matthew 25. That's where the man with one talent was cast into the place of darkness, into the place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. The world we live in, it'll lie to you, it'll tell you that you can live however you want. And if you're kind of good enough, that's sufficient. You'll be in heaven someday. It's a lie. The world we live in, it'll lie to you, it'll tell you that you can come up with your own path to God. It's a lie. Jesus said, I am the one the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. He is the way. He is the life. He is the truth. And Jesus is standing at the door of your life. He's knocking, but you have to open the door. You have to ask him to come in. If you're here today and say, Austin, I've never done that, but I, I want to. I know I need to. I, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. I want to give him my life. If that's you this morning, wherever you're seated, raise your hand, raise your hand high, raise it clear so I'll know you want me to pray with you. Say, Austin, pray with me. I want to give my life to the Lord. Thank you. you. Might also be here today and at a time in your life, you prayed a prayer, you walked an aisle, but you know, you know in your heart, you've not been living for the Lord. You know in your heart, you've been doing your own thing and you've paid a price for it. The Bible says that the mercies of God are new every morning. The Bible says that if we confess our sins. He's faithful. He's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can have a new beginning. You can have a fresh start. If you're here today and say, Austin, that's me. I, I need to recommit my life. I want a new beginning. I want a fresh start with God today. If that's you, please raise your hand wherever you're seated so I'll know. I'll see it. Thank you. For the sake of the lady, gentlemen that raised their hands, I'm going to ask that you come and join me at the front. I pray with you. Everyone will be thrilled for your commitment to Christ, the decision you're making. You brought belongings with you. Feel free to bring them with you. We're going to pray. You may, maybe didn't raise your hand, but you know this is for you. Come, join us. Join us at the front. We're going to pray. Our Heavenly Father, as we said at the beginning, He loves us. He, he is for us. He has good force. God bless you. You can face me. God bless you. God bless you for your courage. For the sake of these that have come, any others watching, listening online, let's pray. Repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of my sins and I give you my life. I believe that Jesus, he lived on my behalf. I believe he lived without sin and he paid the price for my sins. I believe he suffered and he died on my behalf. 
and I believe. You raised him from the dead. And from this day forward, he will live in me. I ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for making me a part of your family and setting me free of anything that would hinder me in living for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for your courage. We want to be a blessing to you. If we'll go with Mr. Jeff Hughes for just a few minutes, he's going to give you Bible if you don't have one, some other materials, a book by my father called God's Very Own Child, help you get started living the Christian life. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are our Father, you love us, you, for, you are for us, you want to give unto us our desires. And so I thank you for in each of our lives, showing us, speaking to us, leading us by your spirit to show us the ways that we need to change, we need to improve, we need to do better, we need to be more faithful, showing us the ways in which we can be better stewards so you can entrust us with more. And we thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, I want to, you know, sometimes I might say this or that. And so for the, the sake of clarification, we just have to be, we just have to be honest. And occasionally there is a child that is gifted and can play at that level that would be professional sports. But even at that level, that ought not come ahead of God. That not, ought not come ahead of being in the house of God on Sundays. You understand me? And like with our children, we encourage them to do what they enjoy, what they love. If they, they do one sport, it's not their thing we say, well, try something else. Does that make sense? You know, yesterday I went with Sophie to attract me. She, she did well. She, she ran well. She, run, she ran, uh, won two of the, the heats she was in. She, she did great, amen? But I, I'm not going to tell her that, that she's going to be the fastest woman on the planet. Do you understand me? I never want to say anything and there not be understanding. We are to love them. We are to provide for them. We are to pr protect them. We are to tell them that they can do what God has called them to do. But that, that, that requires keeping everything in line with the word of God and doing what Jesus said in Matthew 6, putting first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Amen. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us, and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again, and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.